This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord, You, son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. But if you warn the wicked, trying to turn him from his way, and he refuses to turn from his way, he shall die for his guilt, but you shall save yourself. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing songs to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massah in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no evil to the neighbor, hence love is the fulfillment of the law. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Amen, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, I do hope that uh, you and everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, school is back in session, so please remember to drive carefully with all the children out and about. And uh, I did want to bring up also, this of course is we're coming on the anniversary of 9-11, and I thought it would be good to take a moment to read just a portion of Pope Benedict XVI's prayer at uh, Ground Zero back on April 20th, 2008. And this is what he says. He says, O God of love, compassion, and healing, look on us, people of many different faiths and traditions who gather today at this site, the scene of incredible violence and pain. We ask you in your goodness to give eternal light and peace to all who died here, the heroic first responders, our firefighters, police officers, emergency service workers, and Port Authority personnel along with all the innocent men and women who are victims of this tragedy, simply because their work or service brought them here on September 11th, 2001. Comfort and console us, strengthen us in hope, and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love can reign among all nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. And that was given back in 2008. It's a beautiful, a beautiful prayer. And uh, while we are also talking about important dates this coming week, uh, September 14th is the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. Of course, we talked about a lot of suffering last week and how important it is to offer our prayers and our joys, our works and our sufferings to the Lord. And of course, that cross is that path to salvation. Yeah, reminder yeah. that we unite this with the sufferings of our Lord. Exactly. Right? Well, today in our first reading, we read from Ezekiel chapter 33. Yeah, and you know, for a lot of folks, admonishing the sinner means preaching fire and brimstone, you know, kind of taking that scared, straight approach. And that kind of an approach usually just drives people away. And yet we have this command from God to admonish the sinner. But we should first do some soul searching before we try to help someone else because we can't share something that we don't have. We must first have an authentic love for God's law and be certain of our friendship with him. Preaching at people just isn't effective. When we talk to others about God's goodness, it should be in a way that we're talking about someone that we hold near and dear, a story that comes from a place of love, not hatred. We don't need to be priests or nuns or even hold a degree in theology to be effective in sharing the truth about God's law. But we do need to be sincere and steadfast in what we believe because people will judge us on our actions. So a part of the command to admonish the sinner begins with ourselves. We need to examine our own relationships, our work ethics, our religious practices, they all have to harmonize with God's law so that through our actions, we can project the loving gospel message of God's law. And above all, we should remember that if we really want to connect with people, what we say needs to come from a place of authenticity. Oh, and authenticity is so important that way because indeed God says, hey, Ezekiel, I have appointed you watchmen for the house. 
And if you don't speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, well, the wicked's going to die, but I'm going to hold you responsible for his death. So this watchman also has the role of judging others. And quite frankly, a watchman is responsible for protecting peoples and towns from harm from the physical point of view. And, you know, actually, this is the second time that Ezekiel was appointed watchman. The first time was back in Ezekiel 3, and this is now out of uh, chapter 33. And I really think that this is also a prediction of how God provides the church as a watchman today. And it is a two-way street. Remember, if the church has the responsibility to preach and to admonish, we have the responsibility to obey. Well, wait a second here. That means we need to judge others, right? Like, whoa, okay, well, hey, Kevin, you're not supposed to judge others, right? Haven't you read (laughs) Matthew chapter 7, verse 1? Right. Judge not that you not be judged, right? (laughs) Kind of going along your theme here. Uh You know, this calls, as you, I think, rightly mentioned, it calls for a personal holiness before we judge others. Remove that log from your eye before you can remove and the splinter. And what we're judging is the actions, right? We're not judging what's in the mind and in the heart. We're judging the actions. Yes, that's exactly right. And, and really, I'm going to bring up, I think it's a beautiful segue to the catechism. Remember, we are called to discriminate. Remember, the definition of discriminate is to denote a difference. Yes. In fact, Carla, if I was to say, hey, Carla, you have a discriminating taste. I would be giving you quite a compliment, compliment, wouldn't I? That's yes. right, right? So so there is a difference between just and unjust discrimination. And I think when you talk about coming from that authenticity, right. that's where that just discrimination comes from. Good point. And I do want to bring up a Catechism, paragraph 1868. I won't read the whole thing, but it does say here, sin is a personal act. Moreover, we have a responsibility for the sins committed by others when we cooperate in them, either by participating in them by ordering or advising them or by not disclosing or hindering them when we have an obligation to do so so indeed we do this and hopefully we come from that position of love but of course we we, uh, respect the free will of others yeah but that it is so important for us to really and also the church to admonish us to bring us to a path of holiness well with our second reading today what do we have there carla well in our second reading uh, we're talking about um saint paul is talking about how love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, I have a cousin, and he's a priest in Italy. I don't always agree with him on everything he says, but on this topic, I did. During a visit, he shared his outlook on how we should rethink the way we see God's law. The point he kept returning to was that many faithful Catholics need to learn a new language that expresses not only the law of God, but as St. Paul says in this reading, how love is the fulfillment of the law. Now we have the Ten Commandments and that is pretty much, it's cemented in our consciousness, which is a good thing, but by itself, The Ten Commandments is not enough to convey the true message of the gospel. Now, my cousin, the priest, says something like this. We need to learn a new language that uses love as the measuring stick, not just moral rights and wrongs, because if our every decision hinges on whether or not it's morally right or wrong, we run the risk of legalizing our faith. After all, he pointed out, even the best of us might rationalize sinful actions if it means that we can achieve a desired outcome. Now, with that said, he was not at all suggesting that moral rights and wrongs be ignored, but that we add something to this calculation by developing the practice of asking ourselves, 
is God in this thought or these thoughts that I'm having? Can I invite Jesus to join this conversation? Or would Jesus be able to join me in that activity? You know, in this way, we can better see the real and living presence of God. St. Paul tells us, the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. If we use love as our measuring stick, we will find ourselves challenged in new ways to fulfill God's law, rather than by focusing only on ways how to avoid violating it. Yeah, love can take many and various forms depending on relationship, but all types of genuine love, as you're talking about, fulfill the requirement to dwell the good of the other. And, you know, there are people, there are people who love me, a sinner, and then there are people that I love. We are all sinners. So genuine love is to do our best to lead that person's salvation, again, while respecting their free will. Well said. Well, in the Gospel of Matthew today, again, we talk about really genuine love and authenticity in correction, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And the reading delves into Jesus's teaching on what to do about unrepentant sinners. So these people, this isn't, you know, you and I, we're sinners, but but we're, we're repentant. We, yeah. we, we ended up in that. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> confession's a little hard to go to, but yeah, it's okay. We're, I'm in that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into that, you know, we, we need to first clarify what sin is. Okay. Sin cannot be defined simply as a failure to comply with items six or seven on the list of thou shalt nots. Sin is much deeper than just an action. Sin is humanity's rejection of God and opposition to him, which manifests itself in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds. Yes, and there really is a three-step procedure regarding how the church does approach discipline. There's first that first fraternal correction, encouraging an attempt to win over your brother. There is, if that doesn't work, there's addressing the sin before a circle of witnesses, which of course fulfills the Old Testament judicial testimony that they talked about in the gospel. And then the third is bringing the matter before the church. Remember in 1 Timothy 3.15, the church is the pillar and bulwark of truth. And the church has been given the authority to which sins are bound and loosed. Ultimately, if the person refuses to listen even to the church, which sounds like it, I can't believe that you would, that would even happen. Right. Treat the Gentile as a tax. This is where our unrepentant sinners come from. Exactly. But in all things, through all of this gospel and all these readings today, in all things, seek prayer. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through moderndayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.